opening day tomorrow. We made it. With it finally upon us, we take a look back at the best Cubs performers from Cactus League 2022. Do spring training stats even matter anyways? All new Locked On Cubs coming at you now. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, Cubs fans, Locked On Cubs family. Welcome on in. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. This is indeed Locked On Cubs. For those of you that don't know me yet, I was the public address announcer at Wrigley Field for 10 years, and now I am elated and proud to be part of the Locked On Cubs family. So thank you for saving a spot for me, because spending the morning with you is the best part of my day. So thanks for making us your first listen. Each and every morning, we're free and available wherever you source your favorite cast. So please, please, please check us out today. Love to have you check us out on YouTube as well. Please subscribe to our YouTube page, Lockdown Cubs. Awesome content there. Show content, daily content. You will enjoy it. And engage with us on social media. There's nothing I love more than talking Cubs baseball with you at Chicago Cubs PA at Locked on Cubs. Let's be respectful of each other's opinion. And also, let's have some fun on Twitter as well. So, spring training, no mas. Opening day, finally here. We have our last segment of spring news, notes, and nuggets from Sunny Mesa, Arizona. Today, one of my favorite segments. And speaking of spring training and wrapping that up, do spring training stats really even matter? Maybe Maybe not. At any rate, who performed best for the Cubs in the 2022 Cactus League slate? And which numbers should we be looking at to see how that success or failure might translate to the regular season? It's good stuff. We're getting deep mathematically today on Lockdown Cubs. But first, I want to make you some coin. I'm going to help you make some money as we head to opening day. Are you ready? Sports betting, the legal variety, is all the rage in today's sports landscape, right? It is everywhere. So, with that said, the fine folks at Bet Online have given us tons and tons of props that we could put some money on to try to get some scratch back for this year. Let me preface this by saying gambling can get you into trouble. So, please, if you do dabble, do so safely. We all work too damn hard to throw too much coin away. So have fun with it, but do it with your head. With the 2022 season upon us, we'd be remiss if we didn't take a look at some of BetOnline's best props for your 2022 Cubs. So here's a little backstory if you aren't super familiar with the sports gambling world. You can keep it simple. You can bet on a winner. You can bet on a loser. Odds will surely vary depending on the team, the matchup, etc. For instance... Cubs have a home game in September against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh has 58 season wins, say. Cubs have 85. We'll we'll go for the gold with this one. Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. He's having a wonderful year. Well, you'd have to lay three, four, five, six hundred dollars on the Cubs just to get a hundred dollars back. 
Does that make sense? Because they'd be the heavy favorite. You can also bet live now in game at Bet Online. So the odds change which with every pitch of the game. Cubs are favored to win the game, but get down two nothing early, you get better odds if you decide to think they're going to overcome that two nothing deficit and put some money on them. So today we're not talking about game matchups, so to speak, but instead player props as referenced by Bet Online. What do we mean by this? Well, player props are essentially betting on player statistics throughout the season, whether you like the number to be over a set number by Bet Online or under. So let's dig in and see if we can help you win some cashola. For instance, here's how this typically works. You get a bunch of individual player numbers that you're going to pick the under over on. Strikeouts for pitchers, strikeouts for hitters, home runs for hitters, RBIs, et cetera. These are all going to have a line of minus 110. What does this mean? Well, the line of minus 110 means you, the better, need to bet $110 to get 100 back. Now, you don't have to bet that much, but that's the ratio. To win $100, you have to get... You have to bet 110. That's 10 dollars $10 is the vig or the juice. That's the house money. House always wins, right? So here we go. Bet online's Chicago Cubs 2022 player props. Let's start on the offensive side with catcher Wilson Contreras and his home run total for 2022. The over/under set at 21 and a half. I'm taking the over. You should too if you want to win a couple bucks. And here's why. Two big reasons. 162 game average for Wilson is 25 home runs, but we know he's not going to play in 162 games. 21 homers in 17, that was in 117 games. He had 24 in 2019 in just 105 games, and he had 21 last year in 128 games. Okay, we've talked about this at length on Lockdown Cubs. We know he's not going to catch as many games this year because the Cubs want to keep him fresh, and they've got a great backup in Jan Gomes, which they did not have last year. He'll DH more, likely to be more fresh on the legs in the lower half and potentially see more at-bats because you can get him into the game without playing the field. So Wilson, over 21 and a half because he's going to be healthier and more fresh this year. Now, we just hope all of that playing time is on the Cubs this year. We'll see how that shakes out. How about staying with Wilson and the RBI total set by Bet Online at 67 and a half RBIs? Taken the over on this one as well. Same reasons as above. Had a career-high 74 knocked in in 2017. Should have a lot more offensive help this year in that Cubs lineup, which bodes well for his run production. Now, again, things to keep in mind. Again, fatigue still a factor as a catcher. Injury still to the lower half and a trade potential. If he does get moved, does that help or hurt his production? It will all count towards the final statistics if you have a bet on this. Could help probably would get traded to a contender in a good lineup and they'd want him to play every day. So it would probably be a good thing. We hope that doesn't happen. But anyway, over on Wilson home runs, over on Wilson RBIs. How about Ian Happ? This is an intriguing one. We've analyzed his fantasy value for your fantasy team here on Lockdown Cubs. We've analyzed what he can bring to the real Cubs this year in his playing time. Ian Happ's home run total set by bet online 25 and a half over under. So he hit 25 taters last season in 148 games. That was a career high. Also banged out 24 in 2017. Those are his two highest totals. Major, major key here is health. He already had the offseason elbow surgery, which we know about. Can Ian Happ get into 140 plus games this year again? Will he have the opportunity to do that even if he's healthy all year long? Hap figures 
to be the go-to left fielder, in my opinion, this season, which would let you think he's going to get plenty of repetitions and an opportunity, therefore, to knock 26 home runs out of the park, which would be the over. With that said, he was feast or famine last year. Literally had some off-the-charts months in which he was just lights out, but when it was bad, it was bad, and it was bad for long periods of time. What's the verdict? I'm going to say that health will prohibit him from the over of 25 and a half home runs. I'm going under and I'm hoping I'm wrong. Now, what about his RBIs? Set at 75 and a half this year. Vegas thinks he's going to have a nice offensive year. Career high ribbies, 68 back in 2017. Had 66 last year in those 148 games played. I do not see him besting that total by eight. And again, I hope I'm wrong, but I will take the under like I alluded to. It's a make or break year for Ian, in our opinion, to see what type of player you really have. Can he put it all together, stay healthy, be productive and consistent over the course of an entire season? This is super intriguing. Patrick Wisdom's home run total set at 26 and a half for the 2022 season by Bet Online. Watch yourself here. This is where Vegas always seems to know, and I'll air quote that for those of you not watching us on our YouTube channel, to know things. 28 long balls last year and just 338 at bat. Sick, right? Insane. It's absolutely insane. Zero chance he maintains that pace in 2022. And I mean zero. It's just you can't do it. It will not happen. We know this. With that said, here's a couple things to consider. He will be your everyday third baseman or it's his job to lose. He also hit 31 home runs twice in the minor leagues, both at the AAA level. Powers his game. We know that. We've seen that. I'm taking the over on this 26 and a half. I think he can hit 27 or more home runs, but I promise you this will be closer than you think. This is not a 57 home run guy. Don't bet the house on this one. Be careful. All right, let's flip sides. Take a look at the pitching side here. This is really intriguing. Kyle Hendricks and his win total set by Bet Online for the Kyle Hendricks prop at nine and a half wins. To me, this number is skewed, and I'm all over the over on this. But why, Andrew? Here's why. Pitchers' win totals obviously hinge on so many factors beyond what the pitcher can control, right? Defense, offensive support, good luck, timing, et cetera, et cetera. Hendricks had a horribly down year last year. No sugarcoating that. Gave up lots of home runs. Gave up lots of home runs this spring, too. We're going to touch on that shortly. We've discussed this. Yet still mustered 14 wins a year ago on a team that sucked in the second half. Let's let's face it. Here's the thing with Kyle. He's likely going to make his 30-plus starts, something he quietly seems to do year in and year out, which is something nowadays you don't see as often as you should or that I would like to. Additionally, I do expect a trend back towards the Hendricks norm, we will call it, even if it means not essentially regaining the form of the 2017-2016 seasons of that era. I'm all over the over on this. I think he can get to double-digit wins. Bet the farm, not really, just play responsibly, but definitely over on Kyle Hendricks wins at 9.5. Stroman's win total, the newcomer, set at 11.5. This one really intrigues me as well, and to the naked eye, you'd think, I'm going all over, right? Had a great year last year with the Mets, 33 starts. The knee-jerk first reaction, like I said, would be over, not so fast. Career-high Ws for Stroman was 13 back in 2017 for the Blue Jays. Has had 10 twice, including last year, and 11 once way back in 2014. Okay, analyze the current surroundings. New team, new division. Can't you see this trending towards the over a bit? 
key stat for Strowman and the win total, in my opinion. Another 30-plus start guy quietly. Very healthy, going to take the ball every fifth day, and you hope that continues. And he's a ground ball machine. Machine. Bodes well for Wrigley. Bodes well in Cincinnati, making starts on the road, et cetera, et cetera. However, had only the 11 wins last year for the Mets pitching staff, Half the time at City Field, which ESPN calls the 24th-ranked hitter-friendly park in baseball, meaning it favors the pitchers, and he still barely got to double-digit wins. Now, again, a lot of external factors determine pitcher wins, so really it's kind of a silly stat. But I'm taking the over. It's going to be a squeaker. I think he can get to 12 wins, but it's going to be close. That's where I'm at. If you lose, you didn't hear this from me. If you win, I'll send you my address. You can send me the 10% cut. That was fun. Check out Bet Online for all the latest news, odds, and info. And please, please, please gamble responsibly. Cactus League statistics. Do they even matter? I want to dive into that coming up shortly. Locked on Cubs fam, welcome back in. I'm Andrew Bellison, your host. Happy Wednesday to you. Opening day. Knocking on the door. Did you hear it? Manana. We made it. Cubs Brewers 120. Wrigley Field doesn't get any better than that. I want to thank you for taking the time each and every morning for making Lockdown Cubs your first listen. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. We appreciate you more than you will ever, ever know. Please engage with us on social media at Chicago Cubs PA at Lockdown Cubs. We're free and available wherever you find your favorite cast and proudly part of the Lockdown podcast network. Locked on MLB prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He goes deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow each and every day. So join him as well. Free and available wherever you get your favorite cast, just like Locked on Cubs. Okay. Spring training. It was short this year. We didn't get to enjoy it as much as we normally do. Um, do spring training statistics even matter? Should we put any stock in them? If so, which ones should we analyze? Let's start by saying this. Goals for spring differ from one player to another. For instance, some players are fighting for roster spots in the spring. Established guys might be tinkering with a new pitch or a different approach at the plate, putting you know forth a little bit less than 100% effort because it's such a grind. Uh, on this topic, I spoke with Jody Davis at Cubs convention a few years back about Joey Votto. Uh, Jody was Joey's. Uh, Joey, Jody was part of the, the Reds organization with the Louisville Bats as the manager of their Triple A team. And working with Joey Votto in spring training, he said Joey wouldn't even swing until he had two strikes on him. So there you go. If you're putting yourself in an 0-2 hole, even as a professional hitter like Joey Votto, your stats are going to be a little skewed. Further. Spring training rosters include youngsters getting a taste of big league camps that aren't ready for the biggest stage in the game's top stars, so they're overmatched going in. Stats need to be taken with a grain of salt in spring training, period. But what about spring numbers that do matter? What stats stabilize the quickest, and wouldn't those then tend to be the most useful? Case in point, walk and strikeout rates. There's been some research done on this that I wanted to share with you. This is very interesting. I don't mean to make your head hurt on a Wednesday morning early, but stick with me on this. Piper Slowinski has analyzed walk and strikeout percentages for hitters and pitchers for fan graphs for many years. For the former, Slowinski said it takes about 60 plate appearances for a hitter's strikeout rate and 120 plate appearances for a hitter's walk rate to stabilize. So 
In addition to that, Slowinski said you don't need more than a few dozen batters face to get a sense of how good a pitcher is when it comes to strikeouts and walks. So the pitchers are going to stabilize more quickly in terms of those numbers, seeing how they might translate to regular season than the hitters will, where they need 60 plate appearances according to the numbers for a strikeout rate and 120 plate appearances for a walk rate to stabilize. So you can get an accurate predictor of how that may translate. Are you with me? Okay. The small sample sizes created in spring training are suitable for analyzing walk and strikeout rates, maybe with an asterisk this year because spring training was much shorter because of the lockup, but we're going to dive into this anyways. Let's start with the offense and see who's had the best spring production thus far, just to the naked eye with numbers. Then we'll look at the walk and strikeout rate and see if that translates to the regular season when we get there. So just for fun, Cubs home run leaders this Cactus League. Remember, they only played a handful of games, half of what they normally would. Uh, two. Suzuki, Davis, Canario, Vargas, Wisdom. They all led the club. They have two long balls. How about Ribbies? Vargas had six. Wisdom had six. Canario with five. Hints, Rivas and Vargas, 10. Get the trend here. Those gentlemen had nice springs. Good news. Clint Frazier with seven hits, second on the team there. That's good. Like to look at those for fun, just for the naked eye to see how guys have played. Now let's dig into the strikeout and walk numbers for hitters as the research suggests that this could be most indicative of regular season success or failure. Now, keep in mind, they had a 60 and 120 plate appearance, respectively, threshold for these. Nobody has gotten to that in this Cactus League. You're looking at most 20, 25, 30 at-bats for players who are leading their teams in at-bats this year. This is really interesting to me on the offensive side as it pertains to the Cubs this year, as we've discussed at length, the need for them to cut down on their record-breaking amount of strikeouts from a year ago. So here it goes. Strikeouts versus walk numbers. Sorted these by players with the most strikeouts is how I pulled them, and then did a side-by-side of their walk totals as well. Patrick Wisdom led the club 11 strikeouts. That was one of the big things that we were worried about with him, right? How many times is he going to whiff this year? 11 strikeouts, walked only three times. Yes, he had those two home runs, but an 11 to 3 in favor of the strikeout ratio, not good, only a 286 on base percentage. How about Clint Frazier? Had those seven hits, also struck out 10 times, but walked six times, had a 406 on base percentage. You can live with that. Jason Hayward, we're going to talk about Jason a little bit later in the show as well. 10 strikeouts, just two walks, 174 on base percentage, not good. Rafael Ortega, this one hurts a little bit because you you figure we're going to see him in center field against right-handers a lot. 10 Ks, just three walks. He couldn't hit lefties at all last year. Again, the sample size here is so small. Do not freak out. Do not panic. Don't jump off the cliff. But a 10 to 3 strikeout to walk ratio, not great. Don't overreact. I mean, again, you're talking 25 to 30 at-bats at most for these guys. So the sample size hasn't even given you enough data to make a full prediction according uh, to the walk strikeout research done. But with that said, those numbers are not the prettiest, especially for a club looking to put the ball in play more and trend away from the 1,600 team strikeouts that they had a year ago. On the flip side, only one player on the team this spring had more walks than strikeouts. Can you guess who it was, that player? Wilson Contreras, eight walks, six strikeouts, this Cactus League. So clearly he's playing with some stuff at the plate, but had some good success in that department. All right, let's go to the pitching side. Take a look at some of the guys of note that we figured you might be curious about. Michael Rucker led the team with 11 strikeouts, just two walks, 11 to two, phenomenal. Jesse Chavez, going to be part of the club, added to the 40-man from Iowa the other day, 10 strikeouts, 
three walks only. What about Mark Leiter? We've, we talked about him slotting into the rotation with the Miley injury, 10 to four. Awesome. Kyle Hendricks, nine to three. Love to see that. Getting that three to one ratio back, that success of that ratio and what it means for his end of the year numbers, what we've seen in his best seasons. But the home run was an issue with him last year. Same thing this spring, six home runs. Does that translate? We will see. Keegan Thompson, eight strikeouts, just one walk. Love that. And Stroh, five walks, seven strikeouts. Again, these are all smaller sample sizes than we're typically used to seeing in spring training. So it might be unfair to judge, but knowing that walks and strikeouts for hitters and pitchers tend to stabilize the quickest, we felt here at Lockdown Cubs that those were the most fair numbers to judge and see how things may translate towards the regular season. Again, is it an apples-to-apples -apples comparison? Absolutely not. But it's not fair to say that spring training stats are completely meaningless. You just have to look at the right ones. So we'll see how these stabilize after the thresholds that were set in the data and research. And then we'll come revisit in the regular season and see if there's any trend or any connection that we can make to see if there's an indication of success of predicting spring training work for hitters and or pitchers to the regular season body. Fun, fun little, fun little tidbit. But as we work towards opening day, that was something I wanted to dive into. We've got news. We've got notes. We've got nuggets from Mesa for the final time this year coming up shortly. Before we get there, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. You know the drill. You hear us talk about it each and every day. If you tried their Built Bar Puffs, they're good, man. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. That's right, marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. It's not just a protein bar. It's legitimately a treat, and they're covered like all Built Bars are in 100% real chocolate. Do me a favor. If you haven't tried Built Bar, or if you have, go back and do it again. Go to Built.com. we got a special promo for you. It's Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Lock 15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock15 at built.com. Spring training news, notes, nuggets coming up next. Cubs fans, welcome back in Lockdown Family. I'm Andrew Bellison. Thanks for taking the time to make us your first listen here on a beautiful Wednesday morning. Opening day tomorrow. Happy Wednesday to you. We got our spring training news, notes, nuggets, and takeaways from Mesa 2022. This is one of my favorite segments. I love this segment. I just want to preface by saying that. Quick hits with news, notes, fun tidbits. Let me know your thoughts on this one. Uh, I'd love to know where you stand, if you enjoyed it as well. Reach out on Twitter at Chicago Cubs PA. At Lockdown Cubs, I want to kind of slide this segment into the regular season as well and do a, do a, no, a news notes, nuggets, tidbits kind of thing at the end of each episode um, just to kind of keep everyone up to date with the goings on the Chicago Cubs. So let us know what you think of this episode or of this segment at Chicago Cubs PA at Locked on Cubs. Start with Seiya Suzuki, spring training takeaway. Is he the real deal? Can we judge after just a handful of meaningless, maybe not fair to say after our last segment, but meaningless spring training at bats. Results aside, his two Cactus League hits were both home runs, and they were pretty. Uh, Suzuki has shown the natural ability to be successful in Major League Baseball. Why? It's twofold for me. He's displayed the type of in-game adjustments that teams want to see from big league hitters, first and foremost. And when he's made good contact, Suzuki has hit the ball hard. Additionally, that swing is so balanced powerful and pure. He drives the ball so well with his back half. His offensive approach is one that we don't often see 
from players coming over from Japan. And I think it's going to translate to the major league game here in the States very, very well. As a matter of fact, I have a dinner bet with a very good friend about how he's going to start the year. And I'm all over Suzuki. So I hope that he pulls through for me because I'd love to get a vegan burger or two out of the deal. Justin Steele, his teammate, became the second Cubs pitcher this spring to be on the receiving end of a rocket off Suzuki's bat, as a matter of fact. Suzuki's line drive Sunday uh, during a sim game at Sloan Park drilled Steele in the left boot. Ox, booty. Steele was fine. It said the ball left a perfect circle, but case in point, the ball comes off of Seiya's bat very quickly. How about the Jason Hayward dilemma? This is something that's not going away. Um, for now, he's the starting center fielder. And while there really shouldn't be a ton of stock put in spring performances, as we know, especially with the small sample sizes, as we've just discussed, he was only two for 21, had those 10 strikeouts, like I mentioned a little while ago, and entered Monday with a couple of misplays in center field, which we're not used to, to, to seeing from him, even though he's a natural right fielder. Listen, if Hayward wasn't the veteran leader, clubhouse presence kind of guy, it would be easier for the team to move on, no doubt. Um, there's a breaking point. What is that breaking point? We don't know. Where does he even fit into the rotation? I know he's the starting center fielder, but you know, if he hits 110 in April, that has to change, right? Um, we saw it last year with Jake Arrieta when the Cubs brought him back and then had to kind of cut ties. It was just time to be done. Here's the deal with Hayward and the money, because I know that's what you're thinking. The Cubs are going to pay him the remaining $44 bucks for the final two years of his contract, regardless of how many more at-bats he gets in a Cubs uniform. Uh, and it's one of those things that never really worked out the way we had hoped, but at the same time, it did. Um, with him? Does that make any sense? What's the biggest problem right now in both the short term and the long term? Hayward doesn't fit. And we're not just alluding to a lack of production that we've seen. The Cubs need to find out what they've gotten Frazier, what they've gotten Hermosillo. Um, also, Rafael Ortega, as we've said, he deserves at bats, especially against right-handers. He crushed them last year, absolutely crushed them. Uh, Frazier in particular is intriguing. He had a good spring. He could be under control through 2024 for the team, uh, thanks to a couple more arbitration years. And you need to see if he's the former first round talent that we all hope. So decisions, decisions, you only got three outfield positions. One's taken a right with Suzuki, leaving you with two and you got a log jam. So could Hayward be the odd man out? We don't, we don't know. Young relievers on the rise. Depth, depth, depth. Cannot say it enough. When the Cubs need support in the bullpen this year, they've got a slew of young guys that have really, really, really impressed in this year's camp. Who are we talking about? Kane Eckert, I'm sorry, Kane Eckert, 24-year-old right-hander, showed really good stuff in his first big league camp. Five strikeouts, didn't walk anybody three and a third innings. How about right-hander Ben Leeper, 25 years old? He picked up where he left off last year in the minors. Five strikeouts, just one walk through three innings. Um while the non-roster invitees aren't on the 40-man roster, such as Leaper, both in position for call-ups if need be. Ethan Roberts is in play to make the team. He threw four and a third scoreless innings with seven strikeouts, only one walk. Love to see that. Manuel Rodriguez was option to Iowa AAA on Sunday, uh, but the righty could return at any point as a another arm weapon for David Ross in that bullpen, especially with the expanded rosters early on in the season. Not to mention all the plethora of veteran relievers that we've discussed, Gibbons, Robertson, Chavez, et cetera, et cetera. Carter Hawkins, Jed Hoyer did a really good job of adding depth and 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 substance to that bullpen that needed it so bad. Depth is so key with a team eyeing the future. And whether that be the immediate future or longer term, we hope it's the former, meaning that there's success this year that kind of surprises a few of us. Uh, us Cubs fans are ready for wins and we're ready for them now.
We get to do that tomorrow for real. Opening day. Happy opening day early to you. Happy Wednesday. Can't wait to get to tomorrow. Try to get some sleep tonight. We'll see you manana with an opening day Cubs Brewers preview game one of 162. Until then, adios.